This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're tuned in to GG Well Played, BFM's video game show. We've given extensive coverage on this game and now that it has finally been released early last month, we're going to give it one last exposure, at least for now. Coming up, our review of Diablo 4 with Najman Maliki. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ofnil Ting and Daryl Ong. Thank you, Hanif. Now we're finally into the month of July and let's start it off with some news on one of Ubisoft's longest-running franchises, Assassin's Creed. Ubisoft is currently reported to be working on a remake of everyone's favourite pirate assassin, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag and another 10 Assassin's Creed games. That brings us to a total of 11 upcoming AC games. According to Insider Gaming, besides the remake of Black Flag, the other 10 games currently under development include the ones we already know like the upcoming Assassin's Creed Mirage, the VR game Assassin's Creed Nexus, mobile game Assassin's Creed Jade, and more. Mm. Despite currently facing challenges with the production of Skull and Bones, the decision to remake Black Flag, known as one of the best games in the series, makes sense, especially since they can probably use the mechanics and features developed for Skull and Bones into the Black Flag remake as well. Originally released 10 years ago, the game introduced players to Edward Kenway, a privateer turned pirate turned assassin, as he navigated the Caribbean and battled the Templars. And while Assassin's Creed series has seen remasters before, a complete review of a game like Black Flag has been highly anticipated by the community who have also expressed interest in the remake of the original AC game. The remake is being developed by Ubisoft Singapore and is expected to take several more years to complete. Moving on from Assassin's Creed, we might be seeing a remaster or perhaps a remake of Rockstar Games' Cowboy GTA, the first Red Dead Redemption game. This piece of news came when the South Korean ratings board suddenly classified Red Dead Redemption for consoles, which came out over a decade ago. This obviously has sparked strong speculation about an upcoming remaster of the game. However, the classification is only for consoles as of now, with no PC rating mentioned. Mm, And it's not just that. In an episode of the Sacred Symbols podcast, the host Colin Moriarty claimed to have seen proof of this remaster slash remake as well. In case you guys are wondering, Colin used to work with IGN and is one of the founders of the Kinda Funny podcast, which features some familiar names in the American gaming industry. Well, make of that what you will. Going back to the news of this potential remake or remaster, if it does happen, be rest assured that Groff Street Games, the studio that made the infamous GTA Definitive Edition trilogy, won't be involved in this project as they are no longer working with Rockstar Games. Thankfully, considering Take-Two's history of releasing AAA titles in the fall, it is unlikely that the remaster will be available this summer as Collins stated. So let's see what awaits us in the future. Mm, Let's see indeed. Right, last but not least, Valve, the developer and publisher of the popular gaming platform Steam, they have taken measures to reject games that incorporate AI-generated content that infringes on copyright. Reports indicate that Steam has been denying publication to games utilizing AI-generated assets made through artificial intelligence. Valve has confirmed this move and clarified that it aims to ensure compliance with existing copyright laws rather than discouraging the use of AI technology on its platform. The spokesperson for Valve emphasized that the company values innovation and recognizes the potential of AI in gaming. However, developers must ensure that they have appropriate commercial licenses for the AI technologies they use and avoid infringing on existing copyrights. Mm. 
Valve has started rejecting games that violate these standards and is even funding submission credits to developers who fail to comply with the new guidelines regarding AI-generated assets. The integration of AI into various industries, including the video game industry, has led to changes in terms of copyright and intellectual property. The music industry, for example, has encountered issues with AI-generated songs that replicate the voices of popular artists and celebrities. Mm, it's worth noting that this news comes shortly after Valve released a significant feature update for the Steam platform, highlighting the ongoing efforts to enhance the gaming experience for users. Darren, an off with you on the news. That's all we have for this week. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Avni and Daryl. It's been close to a month since the release of Activision Blizzard's latest crown jewel, Diablo 4. The long-awaited sequel to this highly established franchise has been receiving rave previews and reviews. And here's our take on this game featuring a long-time fan of the genre and also the franchise, Najman Maliki. Okay, um, I think uh, in a nutshell, I think this is one of the best Diablo launches that I've played. So, um, I'm not that old to play <laughs> the launch of Diablo 1, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I did play Diablo 2, not at launch. Uh, I did play Diablo 2 Lot of Destruction, which is the expansion pack at launch. I did play Diablo 3 at launch, Diablo 3 Remastered at launch. And I think this is the best Diablo title at launch. Um, I think we all know, or, or at least some of us would know that Diablo hasn't had the best launches in their previous titles, especially W3. Um, but yeah, this is at least at this stage, the best um, Diablo launch as, that I've had um, in a long time. Um, yeah, it's it's a great game. It does have its quirks. It does have the flaws. And we'll talk about that later in this episode. But man, it's a, it's a fun game. Okay, I don't want to give them so much of a hard time and okay, perhaps be a bit too negative, but is the benchmark that low that we are celebrating the fact that there are no that it was it was a good launch in terms of in terms of you know the game launching without any major bugs because historically the the Diablo franchise has always been riddled with some trouble launches, uh, previous launches, I yeah. suppose. But to an extent, I think I think I mean yeah, not to not to. Not to harp on negative things, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, in terms, yeah in I, terms do, of, I do. In terms of, maybe, maybe I won't say the bar has been set that low, but maybe because of past travel history, sometimes yeah, a good launch is it should be celebrated, I suppose. Yeah, but also to be fair to them, I'm not actually looking at like just normal niggly issues, right? So you have your bugs, not just with Diablo, it's like with other games. Looking at Star Wars Survivor, you're looking at like <laughs> the infamous Cyberpunk 2077, but um. In terms of like the game itself, right? It's a it's a well done game. Um, they obviously took their time. I mean, multiple betas just to even just try try to like crash the servers and stuff like that. But I'm actually looking at it not from the point of view of like, hey, does it have bugs? Hey, does it work? I'm actually looking at it from the point of view of progression from um, Diablo two, Diablo three to Diablo four. I'm also looking at it from the point of like overall, like the gameplay, the story, the graphics, the audio, the music, the controls, and I think again, yeah, this is this is the best um, Diablo launch 
uh, ever. And I think um, one of I, I, I definitely foresee myself um, playing this game uh, uh, for a long time after this. But yeah, um, it's a it's a really good all rounder from the start for me at least. Yeah. Uh, I think to a certain extent we <laughs> funny enough we have actually been talking about this game quite a number of times with you and as well with Jonathan Leo from Kakujopure so um, I think we are well aware of the strengths so far which I think I assume doesn't I mean they don't change as much compared to the beta release right so yeah. so I think perhaps you can uh, maybe yeah if you guys want to check out you know there's some of the um, good points that Najman has already alluded to earlier uh, during the uh, beta phase of the game you can perhaps listen to that whole episode but I think just to I guess continue and you know further the conversation a lot more let's touch on one one aspect that I think you mentioned during the beta phase and that was the how well how seamlessly it plays on console um, because I think um, you're you've been yeah you've been a long time player of the franchise uh, you've always played on PC mm-hmm. this is the first time you're actually committing to it on a console right yep. so um, yeah you've praised how well it plays on on console before uh, maybe you want to I guess to reiterate that point or, yep. or is it still as consistent as it was during the beta beta experience yeah so I think I think it's still very consistent and I think the main uh, reason why this is the case is again they did proper beta testing they did proper alpha testing starting from this uh, the early development phase on consoles as well right so it's not just a PC first game it's also a, a console or if you want to play on PC with controllers you can do that as well and I think I think this, that's very important right um, because um, in doing so they actually deliver a really well rounded game you can play on your console and you 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 feel like there's not much um, things that you're losing out of when you're especially when you're moving cross-platform. It is also a cross-platform game, meaning if you're playing on your PC, you can actually then continue playing on your um, Xbox or your PS um, seamlessly. One thing to note is that um, it is cross-platform, but you still need to get to two of the same titles on different platforms. But yeah, uh, obviously, um, from beta to uh, the full release, it's a seamless experience. It's a fun experience, both on console and PC. And I think, um, yeah, the, the there is one downside I noticed, which is um, there's a part in the game where you are going to be riding your mount, your horse. Um People have noticed this, but um, if you're on PC, it's actually faster to move your horse rather than on on, on a console. But niggly issues again, not too bad, lah. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what is it like to play a game like this on a console? Considering that I think you've always played it on mm. a on a PC, and I think to a certain extent it does lend itself well on PC because mm. you sometimes have to move the map, right? So, yeah. what's that process like on a console? It's, it's it's actually not too far it's not too far off from PC actually so like on even on PC you have to like open up the uh, the map to actually look at where you are and you do rely on your minimap which is the same thing that you're doing on console as well and ironically actually on Diablo it's a game that it doesn't actually use too many keys so I'd say like at most eight keys even on cons- even on PC right so I like to like I always like to joke around like if you're playing Diablo you can just like get those one of those like small keyboards with just six keys mm. and then you'll you'll be set those, those are the only keys that you need so it translates really well to console uh, to a controller 
I do think that if you are one of those like bougie players of PS5, you can get those like pro controllers. Those controllers work better with games like Diablo, and this would be one of the games that you can actually remap a lot of things onto your controller. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a really fun and not restrictive gameplay on on the controller itself. Yeah, so I, I'd go for it lah. You can customize hotkeys as well. Do people use hotkeys yeah. on Diablo? <laughs> Um, yeah, people do use hotkeys. Uh, you can customize it on your, especially on your D-pad. Um, you can also like, it's very, it's very um, uh, customizable. So like, you can even change uh, your R3 button for for your PlayStation, for example, right? Uh, you can do a lot of customization. And I think that's a huge plus. Um, I don't think it was this robust for Diablo 2 um, Resurrected or... Uh, for Diablo 3. I think this is the first time that they've gone down this kind of route, like this detail to remap everything. But yeah, I mean, if you don't don't want to do that, it's also good fresh of the box. Huh? So yeah, that's the plus. Huh? Um, have you gotten a copy for the for PC so far or not? Nah, nah not, yet, not yet. I mean, like, I've been meaning to, but also at the same time, it's mainly for my cosplay sessions uh, with my with whoever I want to play with. But then again, because it's cross-platform, so I could actually, technically speaking, play with my friends who are on PC, on my PS. So then that really is hindering me from getting that copy on PC. Sorry, Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> that was Anjuman Maliki talking about Diablo 4. Let's take a short break. More after this. Stay tuned. This is Gigi Wellfit on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, listening to Gigi Well Played, I'm your host Hanif Baharudin. Joining me on the show is Diablo fan Najman Maliki, giving us his take on the game now that he has completed the main quest. Speaking of the main quest, what's the story like for this latest installment? My father's essence is reforming. How do you know? I feel it. Like a thousand old wounds ripped open again. He is still weak. Thunderbolt. I must strike before he can resist. Make his power yours. The other lords will. Yeah, so I think this is a big, like, thing, right? So, like, I... If you guys are uh, well-versed in the Diablo scene, in the Diablo verse, if you will, Story is not the thing that people play Diablo for. <laughs> so the ironic part for me is that Diablo 4 really, really landed really well, um, or rather at least tried to push the story really far. See, they actually did leading up to the release, like multiple series on, I think it was a four-part session on like YouTube, like trying to explain from Diablo 1 to current, and it was great, right? And when you start playing Diablo 4, the story itself is good, You notice I didn't say great because it's good. It's really, really good. But uh, the ending was a bit of a um, a bit of a, uh, a bummer for me. So not spoiling any spoilers here. I'm, I'm just saying that I think they could have done it better in terms of storyline. And I think we all know Blizzard is one of the best, if not the best, uh, cinema- cinematographers for games. For me, at least personally, like, 
Overwatch, World of Warcraft, Starcraft. You can see like great cinematography, and then this happens in Diablo Four as well. Like the story between like uh, Inarius and Lilith, I think it's really really good. However, uh, it was a bit of a um uh uh uh, uh short form for me. Like, I think uh, it could have been done better, and but. To be, to be frank, I think they are trying to line up for a few more things in the future for like DLCs for expansion packs, but I don't think you should end stories this way. Um, again, not spoiling anything, it feels a bit of a cliffhanger to me, lah. Mm. Considering the how long it took for them to eventually release this, we can pretty much assume that it's going to be well supported long into the future, right? Considering how long you've been playing Diablo 3 as well uh, prior to the release <laughs> of Diablo 4, right? Which is a good thing considering, I mean, they started off right now on the on on right path, I suppose. So, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we can talk about the end game content a bit later. But in terms of just, I guess, to reiterate, what do you like about this that's, I guess, different from the the prequels? Yeah, so I think Diablo 2 was uh, comfortably um, not super fast-paced game. Listen, Diablo is like one of the mothers of ARPG, if you will, right? So they are the founders of ARPGs. Um, so they they kind of evolved a lot since like Diablo 1, Diablo 2, Diablo 3. But I think it got faster and faster the more the iteration came about. So Diablo 2 was relatively fast-paced, not that fast-paced second slash. Diablo 3 is just about big numbers and just like destroying things, everything in your screen. So Diablo 4, I think they're trying to step back a bit. And this is, to me personally, it's a good thing, right? So they have been making this very methodical. So instead of just going into a dungeon with a sea of creatures and you just like blast your way through, you now have to do a bit more, a lot more um, math- mecha- uh, mathematical like planning. You have to look at what you have. You have to look at your skills. You have to look at your skill tree. And that's the fun bit for me. So it's really fun for me to actually just like... Think about like, can I actually um, roll out of this way, and can I actually plant this particular thing? Can I actually cast that particular spell? I don't get this from like previous Diablos. Even for Diablo 2, which is a slower-paced game, I usually just like I know these couple of spells that I can just like, you know, click and click, and uh, everything is cleared. Uh, my my screen is cleared. For Diablo 2, it's uh, sorry. For Diablo 4. Uh, it's more methodical, and I think that's great. And I think um, I do know they, they've been getting a lot of flack for this, um, making the game slower. But yeah, I think you shouldn't um, blast through every single dungeon that you see. I think it's okay to you know plan ahead and like look at what you have. And this, in my personal view, gets you further mileage of your game because you it it means that you have to. Look at your builds. It means that you have to be methodical. It means that you have to learn better and like play better uh, rather than just you know feeling like turning on the cheat code and just killing everything in the screen. Mm. So, so, yeah. so so there is there is it does feel a bit more modern and contemporary Correct, compared to yeah. the previous previous uh, prequels, right? Yeah, it's it's still a hack and slash, but. It's a hack and slash that is, I guess, more action based. <laughs> so the A in in the ARPG is like more capitalized here, mm. um, rather than yeah the prequels. Mm. Is this a good place for people who are not as familiar with the genre to start with the genre? Yeah, I think so. Especially if you are coming from a place where you are used to playing action games, you're coming from like your Horizons or your Ghost of Tsushima or whatever. If you're coming from those kind of world, um. You usually 
are coming from a much slower paced games. You are fighting like one to two monsters at a time, one to two enemies at a time. So Diablo 4, I think, is a bit more um, uh, palpable, I guess, in a way. And it helps you um, transition into the end game better. Because for Diablo 3 especially, everyone who plays Diablo 3, they're just looking towards ending the campaign, reaching level 70, so that they can actually just move on to the end game content, right? For Diablo 4, it gets you to savor the game better. It gets you to even like play the side quest to understand the story even further, right? So now these things matter. Now these things are things that you want to grind for. So I think um, players who haven't actually had the experience playing ARPGs before, maybe you haven't touched Path of Exile, maybe you haven't touched anything before this, this is a really good game to pick up and it's a very, very well-polished game. Some would argue that it's too safe. I think it's safe enough for any any people or any person who wants to try it out. Okay, in terms of the things that you're not so fond of, um, are they like deal breakers or are they more technical things that you expect Activision Blizzard to fix eventually? Yeah, I think I think there's a few things that they try to be safe. I think <laughs> this is a good uh, kind of like segue as well. Um, they did a few things that I feel like I can clearly tell that they don't want to push the envelope too much. So I think um, the biggest ARPG um, rival to a Diablo title is Path of Exile. Path of Exile has been great um, and they've been pushing the envelope on ARPG, the title itself. Um, so Diablo 4, you can tell that they've been picking up some of the items in Path of Exile, but also at the same time, I think they've played it safe in the sense that um, they've made it more grindy for Diablo 4 as opposed to Diablo 3. Um, they they just didn't like do uh, big enough things to evolve the, the, the whole genre. So if you're looking at seasons, they are going to be launching season sometime in July, I think, if not in early August. Um, they are still sticking to the same flow of the usual skill tree that you get. Like, it's not your Path of Exile extremely huge and robust skill tree. It's still your um, very simple-ish skill tree. Um, however, they do have a few tweaks compared to um, Diablo 3, for example, whereby you can just reach level 70 and change every single thing about your character without actually having any cost or any any hardship to it. So in Diablo 4, they've made it slightly harder. So in Diablo 4, if you want to respect your character, if you want to get certain skills that you decide to change in the future, you actually have to spend a lot of money on it. So in Diablo 3, gold have like almost zero value. They've changed that. So now gold have some value. But I think this is still playing very safe, right? I think in Diablo 3, they started to try and do bigger things like um, real money auction houses but in general like auction houses as well so where I can actually trade with you honey for example if you're playing the game they've taken out trading pretty much out of the game Um, it's really hard for anyone to like progress without any for example like I I just want to farm this particular dungeon I don't get a lot of value out of it aside from just like the fun of farming that particular dungeon. If they put in things like trading, then I can actually do that and get rewarded for it, right? So that I think is the bit that they try to play safe with, a bit too safe and I think they kind of like fluked a bit. Um, But it's not too bad. Um, I do have one of the main gripe that I have with Diablo 4, which is the 
cosmetic shops, I think that's great. That they're going for transmog from the get-go, no cost whatsoever. You can start transmogging your character. You can start changing the appearance of your character without actually having too much cost into it, aside from just, you know, farming that particular item that you want and then having that particular appearance. But one downside to that for me is that they are selling particular outfits, which is not uh, anything positive to your stats, meaning you can't pay to win. But the payment that you have to put down for that particular outfit, which is nice, is quite steep. So you're looking at, you're looking to spend at least like 40, 30 ringgit lah on a particular outfit just to have like a very cute baby wolf on your on your back or maybe 40 ringgit on a horse. I think that's a bit too steep. That's easily like 15 to 20% the price of the base game. <laughs> I think if you're looking at games like Dota, if you're looking at games like uh, Fortnite, it's 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 crazy the amount of price that you're charging for cosmetics, considering this is not a free game. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not sure where Blizzard is going with this. This is one of the things that I have I, I'm 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 most bitter about for Diablo Four. I would like to have those kind of kind of um, uh, outfits, but I can't. And you cannot have those outfits if you don't buy it. It's not something that you can actually um, get for free. I believe they would try and make it um, available in like uh, the seasons, but we'll see. Because I do know that they are looking to sell battle passes as well in seasons. So yeah, we'll see whether it's going to still stay free or maybe you still have to like fork out a bit of money every three, four months. Okay, um, looking ahead to the upcoming seasons as well as potential battle passes as well as um, I guess to a certain extent um, the endgame content. Um, have you started I guess uh, playing the endgame content and what, what it's like and do you foresee yourself playing this game for hours and maybe years to come? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I can yeah, for, to answer that simple question, yes, I have started playing the endgame content. And also, I think I would be playing this game for years to come. So this is the perfect game that you can actually just play and you can just um, over and over again replay it. And it's, it's, I can tell it's going to be fun for me to replay it. And I can tell that it's going to be um, not super easy and quite challenging for me to do this like every of three, four months. And it's going to be something that I look forward to. Um... You see, for me, how games with seasons like Diablo uh, work is I would actually have a big game that I look forward to. Say, let's say Final Fantasy sixteen or whatever, right? The next game on the horizon, the next big game on the horizon. I'll grab that game, I'll play it for about a month or so and then I'll stop and then the next AAA game might come in a few months later. And within that lull of a month or two is when I usually pick Diablo, Diablo back up and then I'll go through the, the, the seasons. And I think this is a perfect um, game for me. And I think that's a really fun thing to do. And for Diablo 4, they've actually planned it out quite well. And it's going to be quite lengthy uh, because the goal is to get to level 100. Um, and it will actually take you a few weeks, at least if you are casually playing. So yeah, um, the value is definitely there for me and I'm definitely going to be playing for the next few 
Yes, if not another 10, <laughs> we'll see. Fantastic. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I think generally the reception has been positive for this game. Uh. To a certain extent, you could argue it's a return to form. Uh. For Activision Blizzard, right? Considering Ooh. the uh, yeah recent debacle that has been happening with the company. Uh. As well as their yeah recent releases. Um. So yeah. I mean, I've asked the same question to to others as well. Um. Do you think that yeah this to a certain extent will will sort of like put Activision Blizzard in a better light I suppose at least on the gaming front considering I mean they uh, they have a lot of things to deal with you know mm. the the buyout is still not f- finalizing properly yet uh, but yeah in terms of the gaming front considering the kind of slight disappointment that's currently happening to Overwatch 2 yeah mm. do you think that this will help to bring the company back on the right track I suppose so ironically I think um I don't know Okay, uh, I maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, that's a very heavy maybe because I was super duper looking forward to PVE in Overwatch 2. I thought PVE in Overwatch 2 is going to be everything, right? I yeah. mean, like the trailers we've seen uh, and we've we've like uh, ogled over it and we know what happened, right? They've announced that that's not going to happen. Yeah. The PVE is not going to happen at least anytime soon. So... So far, Diablo 4 has been delivering on all its promises. We'll see how seasons go, and I think seasons are going to be out soon. And I think devs are, are, are obviously um, communicating well with the community, so I think that's okay. Um, I don't think it's going to be as difficult to maintain as Overwatch. I think I think Overwatch has a lot of moving cogs that gets very messy. Diablo 4 is less messy. So I'm really hoping that they this is what you've said, return to form, and this this can easily be their return to form. Can bring Activision Blizzard into a better light. Um but yeah, I'm not I'm not putting all my eggs into the basket at this point in time because I do feel like at some point maybe we might have another Overwatch to touch wood. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But yeah, just in case I don't want to put all my eggs into one basket. All right. Uh, last but not least, um, is there a cow level in the game? Yeah. So I guess to stick to the what the devs have mentioned. I mean, reporting or what we know. I guess there is no cow level, but I don't. I don't fully trust the devs as per previous iterations. I think we've seen. Um, I think there will be a cow level. <laughs> all right. And on that note, thank you so much. Thanks, man. You're tuning to GG Well Played and that was Najman Maliki giving us his review of Activision Blizzard's Diablo 4. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on bfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also find our podcast on Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Anif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been GG Well Played. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.